Life, whether you like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. I want to thank our guest this week, Sherry Curtis Seiden. I hope that you guys have really been moved and motivated and inspired by her. It has been so great. Um, Again, my joy of the week is to go back and hear the comments, to read the comments, to hear the voice messages that people leave expressing what they got out of the testimony of the week and um, then be able to share that with the person who actually shared their testimony. Because I do believe it's important that we go both directions. We receive from hearing it, but yet they also receive from giving their testimony. And this week, you know, most of the comments or a good deal of the comments started with just how joyful Sherry was. It was like, oh my gosh, it was hard to believe that this woman struggled with contentment because she just, everything just bubbled out of her was joy. But I think that is the power of God. And I think that's what Sherry would herself attest to is that God is doing a new thing with her. When she mentioned her scripture, I think it was Isaiah 43, 19. It says, see, I am doing something new. And I do recall Sherry back in the 90s, in those days when if I could just do this, okay, now that I have that, well, if I can just do that, that roller coaster ride of discontent, and then to be able to hear her now standing in contentment, standing in joy, exuberant to a point where that was one of the first things that people mentioned in hearing her testimony. I love that. That gives me hope that God can take whatever is the greatest struggle in my life and turn it really into my greatest strength. That is his promise if we hand it over to him. And obviously, in the course of these years, Sherry has been in the process of handing over her discontent to God and allowing him to do something new with it. Another thing that people commented on a lot was just, they said, I love how she talked about our children. She talked about how we can learn from our children and, and, and just the, the hope that she could see in our future generations, that they could be better than the one before. And in this time right now, when everything can be quite dire, negative, dark, again, there was a light to her spirit about what God is doing, where we're going. And it's so important that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Satan so wants to blind us to the workings of God. He wants to blind us to the goodness of God. 
And she was just pointing out the incredibleness of our children. As she was talking about her own children, you you felt like you knew who they were. You you could see their little faces. And um, God wants us to see that in each other. He wants us to be the light in the darkness. But I think so often we give in to the darkness ourselves. And if we, the light of the world, give in to the darkness of the world, how dark will this world truly be? So I am just so very grateful to have had the opportunity to reconnect with an old friend. Like she said, we haven't spoken literally in decades. But I remember the times. I remember that first Carnegie Hall concert. You know, we all have dreams. She said, you know, my desire is to sing at Carnegie Hall 10 times. And then the pandemic hit. And it's so easy for us to think my dream is now over. But we don't know that. We don't know what God is doing because God is doing a new thing. And I'm just so delighted to have be a witness to her transformation. And honestly, that's what it is. I have watched Sherry Curtis Seiden transform from the young girl who was always discontent because she was always chasing after the carrot, chasing a dream, to the woman who says, I am content, God, with what you have given me. You know, it sent me into deeper study, and I I love the fact that I can hear someone's life testimony and learn from it. And I just spent time this week just studying out contentment, God. What exactly, what are you trying to get us to see? And I look at the root word content is to be happy, to be satisfied. Ment, I mean, is the state of being. So am I in a state of satisfaction with what God is doing with me, with what God has given me? Satan is constantly, constantly trying to get us to be discontented, (laughs) discontented with what our God has done or what our God is doing. And I looked up contentment versus contention because they both have the same root word. But contentment, as I said, is me being in the state of satisfaction. Contention is me being in a state of struggle or competition. And I look at life and go, God, we live our lives in competition with ourselves, with each other, and even at times with God. I look at you know, you, you look at social media, you look at whatever, and we're always comparing ourselves to someone else. Even if we know what I'm looking at is just a snapshot of a moment, we still compare ourselves. And God is calling us to be content in a state of satisfaction with the work that he's doing in us. You know, one of the greatest heartaches, I think, 
is when you are desperately trying to help someone, you're trying to improve and they don't see the good in that. That's what we are saying to God when we are discontent with what God has provided for us, what God has done. You know, I learned that this has been a wonderful week in a strange way. (laughs) I learned so much. You know, Sherry was talking about us learning from our children, and I absolutely believe that to be true. But I learned so much from my mom this week, my 84-year-old mother. (laughs) You know, when you're young, you think that your parents don't know anything at all. (laughs) You know, you think, oh, I got this, and my parents are just blah, blah, blah. They know nothing. My 84-year-old mom, as you heard me share with Sherry in the podcast, we lost dad um, right around December of last year. And our greatest concern, because my mom and my dad have been together for 68 years, so our greatest concern was, how is this going to affect mom? And I believe that's concern for everyone who, you know, you... Your parents, you lose one and you wonder the effect it's going to have on the other. After losing dad, a couple of months later, we went into the pandemic and we went into lockdown. And that was a double whammy. Oh my gosh, how is mom going to deal with the loss of dad? Now she can't be around her family, she's all alone. But, you know, talking to my beautiful mother, (laughs) she would always say, baby, you guys go ahead and do what you have to do. Take care of yourself. I'm fine. I'm not alone. Jesus is always with me. She's Southern Baptist, in case you're wondering. (laughs) But she had and has a spirit of knowing that she is not alone. She said, I got your dad to talk to, and I got my Jesus to talk to. So I'm okay. And that did my heart well. I felt just encouraged just to know that she's found her way to get through this. But then this week, I lost my sister. So my mom is now burying her firstborn. Another hit. And I was like, oh God, this... This is a lot. This could be really hard on my 84-year-old mom. She lost her husband. Now she's about to have to bury her firstborn. Here's the lesson that I learned in contentment from my 84-year-old mom this week. When I call and I talk to her, because I'm always just checking in, Mom, how you doing? Just want to see how you're doing. And she said, Baby, I wasn't feeling great this week, but I prayed. I said, God... I need to hold on so that I can prepare my baby to come back home to you. I want to get her ready. So she walked me through while I'm on the line, on the Zoom call with her. She showed me, this is the outfit that I'm going to dress your sister in. She loved this outfit. She always wanted it. So I'm going to dress her in this and she's going to look beautiful. And I'm going to do her hair like this because she's going to be going back to God God gave her to me as a loan and now it's time for me to send her back 
the spirit in which my 84-year-old mom shared showed me that she had found contentment in her season of challenge. Contentment in your situation. So often we want the situation to change. God, I'm going through a difficult season and I want it to change. And God has said, no, I want you to find contentment in it. And that contentment, it is in knowing that the peace of God never leaves us. My mom said in her Southern Baptist way, baby, contentment is not a feeling. It's a focus. Contentment is not a feeling. It's a focus. So you guys don't have to worry about me. Because every day, one of the kids will call just to check in and see, Mom, how are you feeling? She said, baby, it's not a feeling. It's a focus. I got my God. I sit and I talk to your dad's photo all the time. I'm okay. I need you guys to go ahead and live your life. 84-year-old mom, can I just say thank you for being a walking example for me this week of what contentment looks like in the midst of hardship and suffering. Guys, we're all going to be going through something. Life is a series of challenges. If we're waiting for the challenges to disappear, we're never going to find the joy that God promises, the peace that he promises. Let's stop waiting for it to go away and instead focus so that we can find our God in it. Because when we do that, we are forever content. No matter what, which way the wind blows, my contentment will not be swayed. Do not allow Satan to take away the promise that God has extended to us. Turn off whatever you need to turn off. If social media is your thing, turn it off. You know, at the end of my broadcast, every time I say, um, join me on, on Instagram. You know what? Before I started this, I didn't even have an Instagram account. <laughs> I did it because the people behind me says, you need to now be on social media. Don't live your life based on what you think you see. I'm just a person trying to do what God is directing me to do. And it may look a certain way to some, but that may not be what God is calling you to. Your focus needs to be on what God is calling you to. That's where you're going to find 
your contentment. Sherry had to find her contentment. In her case, that meant letting go of a house that she had owned for 20 years. For me, that meant saying yes to God on things that I wanted to say no to. You have to find out, God, what are you calling me to? Help me to focus. Because when I find my focus, I find my contentment. And then Satan no longer has a grip on me. Guys, I really hope that this testimony has been empowering because it really is something we all struggle with. How do I be content when things are not going great? How do I be content without just settling? How do I be content with what God has given me if it looks different from what God has given you. Adam and Eve, in the beginning of time, the serpent deceived her by helping her to become discontent with what God had given her. He said, you can eat of all these trees, but don't touch that one. And in that dissatisfaction, She did what God wanted her not to do. We have to find satisfaction in what God has handed us. It's a matter of trust. Thank you guys for listening in another week. I hope and pray during the course of this week, just as last week, God revealed contentment to me through my mom. He's going to reveal contentment to you through something or someone around you. So be on the lookout for the hand of God. Thank you everyone for listening in. I hope you've been enlightened and encouraged. I want to say thank you to my incredible guests this week and a special thanks to my music man, Mr. David Burnett Graham. Follow me on Instagram, everybody. And until next time, be on the lookout for the hand of God.